Hello and welcome to the Houston Vineyard Podcast. We sincerely hope that this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. Good morning. Uh, the other, the other thing is, I just want to share real quickly. The there's a there's been a change to the way we're doing things with masks. You know, like I can tell that you know because it looks different than it did last week. I just wanted to share a little bit about a posture that maybe we can have in this. This has been an incredibly challenging season for all of us. This year of plague has been difficult. And unfortunately, everything has been divisive. Everything from public health and safety to, to, to just everything. And this is another opportunity for division to rile up inside of us. And it's really easy to, to make assumptions about people based on the posture they take when it comes to masks. And it's, it's really easy to categorize people. These are this kind of person because they're wearing. These are this kind of people because they're not. I'm going to ask us with some grace and mercy to believe the best in one another and care very little about what people have on their faces. Uh, and, and, and as an example for us as a church, regardless of our vaccination status, our staff and volunteers will continue to wear masks. And the heart for that is laying down our rights for others. Yeah. Just saying, God, thank you for what you have been doing through the work of so many people that have given their time and energy to explore ways for, to, to combat this virus. Thank you for that. Thank you for the sacrifice of the men and women who have like emptied themselves in their profession on, in hospital floors and as nurses and as phys physicians and as physician's assistants who have emptied themselves and seen the worst that they've seen ever. Thank you for their sacrifice. And for us, we as a staff and volunteer want to create a space where we acknowledge that for some people, this is a great day that they don't have to wear a mask. And for others, there's issues that they are walking through. And so let's be gracious to one another. Let's not cause something as simple as a mask to turn us against each other at the end of this, or towards the end of this. We've made it through this far. And so even if you feel vindicated in your stance, who cares? Okay, I'm like, I don't care. And I'll tell you, God doesn't care. Like, I'm just, let's just be honest. God's not down there going, oh, you were right and they're wrong. He, he's saying, love one another. Like, it's a super simple thing. And so as you are here and as you come back, uh, I just ask that we continue to have that posture of loving one another. And so even if you are, feel free and you're unmasked, if, carry one around. So if you'd like to have a conversation with somebody that is masked, that you're able to stick it on so that we can lay down our rights for the benefit of each other. And, and so that's, that's, that's it. That's it. And so thank you. I, I know you guys have been gracious. You're, the, the way you have loved one another through pandemic is exemplary. Thank you for putting aside differences and ideologies and thoughts and saying, uh, the community of faith that pursues the person and work of Jesus is worth more than what I think about anything else. So let's just keep doing that. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, 
and, and just on a really practical sense, if you are wondering, like, I'd like to come, but I, I really would prefer not to be around people that are unmasked, uh, the balcony up here, if you're looking from the stage on the left-hand side, uh, we're going to sort of try to keep that as a place where people wear masks, that, that there's no... There's not a place. There's a place where people can go that there's not going to be a ton of un unmasked people. So we'll try to keep that space open, so that if you are, if you're, if you're a little hesitant and you need, you need that extra, uh, extra sort of peace of mind. That space is for you. So, yeah, good. Listen, um, I, I'm going to run today. I'm going to help with kids. I'm going to go spend time with the kids because they're awesome, and, and they're not quite as complicated as adults. Well, they're different complicated than adults. So I'm excited. We're, we're closing out in the next two weeks this series on Ezekiel and, 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 and constructing hope. And I'm really excited. Uh, Danya, who's our guest speaker, and my wife uh, come up. She's got something for us that I think is really timely and appropriate and from the heart of God. So do this. You're good. Thank you, Josh. Okay, now that we, that the mask thing, if you're wearing one, I love you. If you're not wearing one, I love you too. So we're all welcome here in this space, all right? Um, yeah, I'm gonna be sharing with you today. Josh today is gonna be um, helping out um, Jessica with our kids department. And um, so if I, if, I, if I say some stories about him, don't go and be a, little tattletale. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, don't be a snitch. <laughs> okay, um, I'm excited. I'm excited this morning because we are doing a series called Constructing Hope. The visual of this, of this title series is so beautiful to me, Constructing Hope. Wasn't there a moment where we called it Anchored Hope, Megan? There end of last year, we called it Anchored Hope, Constructing Hope. And that visual is so beautiful to me because um, I'm going to use the anchored, okay? The anchor is an assurance that something is holding you in place, okay? So that, that visual of, of being anchored in hope, if you can visualize a, a big ship with an anchor, it's, it's, it's holding that big thing in place. Through crisis, an anchor is a powerful visual for hope through the valleys and the transformation. So we're speaking on Ezekiel. And so we've, we've, we've visited a lot of valleys so far in Ezekiel. We've visited the valley, the valley. We've visited that very complicated, calamity, disastrous place, okay? So, so through those valleys, and through the transformation that is coming, we are going to be visiting transformation today. There's an anchor, and that's God, God's spirit, and God's hope through all of it. So this morning, we're going to read Ezekiel 37. But before we do, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness. We sang this morning, great is your faithfulness to me, for me for us, for your church, for your people. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Holy Spirit, this is, you, this is your thing. Jesus, we lift you up in this place. We say that you are the Son of God. 
resurrected in power to give us life through your spirit. We are here for you. Touch our hearts this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. So um, I'm a little bit different than Josh. I don't want you all to be silent. I'm a hollaback preacher. That means that you say amen. That means that you say yes. That means that you do a little dance if you want to. Um, I want to see you. I want this is a this is an interactive. Um, I need you. <laughs> I need you. I need you to wave at me to say yes, yes, yeah. Go, go on, go on. Okay. So we're we're doing this together. We're the church, and we're doing this together. Um, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So we're going to get ready today to hear the word of God. Before we go to Ezekiel 37, somebody sent a meme um, this last week. And I thought it was so funny as I was preparing for this message. And I couldn't share it with you today because it was like the image wasn't right or it was squished or something. But I'm going, to, I'm going to explain it to you and you're going to visualize it, okay? So um, this, this is a beautiful picture of nature. And I'm sure you've seen this. Maybe you've seen this. Like a beautiful waterfall, greenery, lake, just gorgeous, right? And have you guys, have you guys seen the, um, when, when in movies or in cartoons they want to depict death? It's like this black hood, this black hooded sort of figure with like a pick, you know, like, like the, the, the Grim Reaper sort of. Like it depicts death. So the, he's laying down like this in front of the in front of the, the, the waterfall. And the meme says, when you're dead inside, but you find peace and relaxation in nature. <laughs> and I thought that was, that, that, was, that, that, that was a little humor as I, was, as I was preparing to talk to you about some dry bones. So let's go to Ezekiel 37. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. And let's go ahead and start reading. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. So Ezekiel, the hand of the Lord is on him, and he is about to have a vision from the Lord, okay? We're going to keep reading. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many of bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. So we're going to stop right there. And I want you to picture this. Ezekiel is being shown this image of a valley full of bones. And it says there that they were very dry. Okay? This is probably the scene of an old battle where a lot of Israelites lost their life. They're slain. And they're left there to die without a burial. And their flesh is gone, and these are bones that are very dry, which means they have been exposed to the elements a long time. This is a desolate scene. It has been dead. It's dead. And it's been like this for a while. And Ezekiel is looking at this. Let's be honest. This is, this is a mass grave. This is a grave. He's looking at this, and what does the Lord ask him? He says, son of man... Can these bones live? Now, think about that question for a minute. 
can these bones live? I mean, some other person would probably have been very ironic or cynical at this question and probably answer him like, are you kidding? Uh, it's a grave. <laughs> it's almost like, what, what are you really asking me? <laughs> right? Can these bones live? And God is so loving with humanity. God knows. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. And yet, he asks Ezekiel. He asks Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? See, God is always interested in the position of your heart. Number one. Through calamity, number one, with Ezekiel, we see God is interested in your heart's attitude. He wants Ezekiel to reflect about this. What does Ezekiel say? God, you alone can know. So what does Ezekiel do? He places the responsibility of the answer back in God's hands. What I see is a mass grave, but you're asking me something. You're asking me to, to, in faith something. So what I see with my eyes, you already know, God. So what I'm going to do is answer back with you as sovereign. I place myself below you and you're sovereign. And he says, you alone can know. And you know, church, there is nothing better than a person who in the midst of calamity leaves the door open for God's possibility. Can I get an amen? Yes. There is nothing better than a person who in the midst of negativity leaves the door open for possibility. Man, Josh started this series when Ezekiel was about to step into a whole world of pain along with all his people. And it says in Ezekiel that the spirit of Lord, the Lord lifted him. And here the spirit of the Lord is still lifting him. Ezekiel is humble enough to leave it up to God to make the final assessment. The picture of bones, let's, let's keep reading. You alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Let's keep reading. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Listen to this. The Lord tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. He's asking him to prophesy to a dead thing. That's like preaching to empty pews. He, he asked him to prophesy to a dead thing. Again, if we use our rationale, 
Lord, I, I can't do that. I, they're not going to listen. There's no, there's, it, it'll fall on, on, on the ground. But see, again, Ezekiel doesn't do that. Ezekiel prophesies to the bones. First, it was the bone. First, there was a great calamity. First, you have to see the dead thing. First, you have to see the problem. First, you have to see the circumstance. Yes, and you see it for what it is, but you step out in faith and do what the Lord has asked you to do. The picture of bones coming back to life depicts a picture of how God can resurrect a dead nation and restore it to its purpose. Remember, Israel is a mass grave, as if to, you know, in a matter of speaking. They are scattered. They are spiritually in ruins and physically in ruins. And God is about to restore in prophecy a nation and go, go above and tell them you're going to become one nation under me once again. Something broken to be made whole. See, God specializes in broken things and dead things. And, and when you see something broken, when you see something dead, whatever it is, it could be whatever. Maybe a marriage. Maybe a family situation, something broken, something dead. See, you're in the right place because God specializes in just that dead thing. Okay. So this is a pic picture of a nation being restored back to its purpose. It also hints to the future pact where death is defeated and conquered through Christ. Do you see, do you see a common thread here? Bones, graves coming back to life, somebody that dies and comes back to life. Do you see that, that picture? Do you see that? That's Bible. That's, that's the gospel. Something that was dead. Do you see that in your own humanity? Something that was sinful. Something that sin had taken and, 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 and you were hopeless. And through Christ's spirit, you come back to life. Do you see that? This is an image of complete restoration of the whole house of Israel. Not through human industry, but through God's spirit and power. Let's keep reading. I prophesied as I was commanded. That's, that's key. <laughs> I prophesied as I was commanded. See, I tell my children... Slow obedience is no obedience. God says something. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. Forgive. Deal with this sin. And it's not negotiable. Why? Guys, I don't have all the answers. He is God and he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I did as I was commanded. You know that person that hurt you? Forgive them. 
How can I forgive this person? That's what we've been commanded. And it's not mean and it's not evil and it's not to, to, to poke you and hurt you. It's to bring you from dead to life. It's to bring you from dead to life. And I was prophesying there was a noise right away. Right away. See, obedience brings reward. As I was prophesying, there was a noise. A rattling sound and the bones come together bone to bone. Can you imagine this scene? Can you imagine God brings you somewhere and it's a scene, it's a horror movie. I don't watch horror movies and I don't let my kids watch horror movies because it affects me. It, it just bothers me. But this is, a horror, this is a horror movie right here. Dark, desolate. You can even hear like the wind like. <laughs> Dark, the bones, a mass open grave, slain people. And all of a sudden you start hearing. Yeah, you would pee your pants. Don't tell me you wouldn't. See, some people think the Bible is just all puppies and rainbows. It's not. Some of those scenes are straight out of Stephen King or something. And don't even get me started of the Song of Solomon. That's for married people. Anyway, this song you hear something <laughs> what else happens bone to bone I looked tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in them see something can look alive and still be dead inside church hello <laughs> hello you know the western the Western American, and I'm talking American from Canada to Argentina. The Western church and all this pompous things and programs does not mean that it's alive. Something can be very much looking like it's alive and the heart is dead. And the only person that brings something like that back to life is God's Holy Spirit. Not a program, God's Holy Spirit. We can feed you with programs all day long and you still be dead inside. You can know Genesis to Revelation in, by memory and still be dead inside. The only thing that brings your spirit from death to life is Christ's spirit resurrected in faith, accepting him into your heart. It's God's Holy Spirit and that's the gospel. The enabling power of God's Holy Spirit is portrayed in this passage. The Spirit empowered the dead dry bones and gave them animation. And guess whose testimony this was in the New Testament? This was Paul's testimony. Paul testified that he was unable to live the life of a believer faithful to the commands of God without the enabling power of God's Holy Spirit. 
what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do that. And the only way that I can do what I'm supposed to do is through God's Holy Spirit. That was Paul's testimony. Listen to this. Listen to, li listen to this list of things in Ezekiel 37 that God promises as he's reviving these bones. Ten times God promises to do something about the dry bones, even to the point of repeating himself. So guys, let me ask you this. When God repeats himself, do you think that's important? I, I, I do that. I, I do that a lot with my own children. And some, somebody said once, oh, I don't like when she speaks because she speaks of her children. I'm sorry. That's what I, that's my experience. <laughs> so I'll speak on my children if that's okay with you. Ten times God promises to do something about the dry bones, even to the point of repeating himself. Number one, I will cause breath to enter you. I will lay sinews on you. I will cause flesh to come upon you. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. I am going to open your graves. I am going to bring you up from your graves. I will bring you back to your land. I will put my spirit within you. I will place you on your own soil. Let's keep reading. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. Let's keep going. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet. A vast army. Let's keep reading. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are caught off. God is not denying that their hope is gone. God is not denying that you are living through terrible circumstances. God is not denying that's what before you looks dead. He acknowledges it. They are saying our hope is gone. We are caught off. Let's keep reading. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the, my people, I'm going to open your graves, bring you up from them, bring you back to the land of Israel. Let's keep going. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. Then I open your graves and bring you up from them. Keep going. I will put my spirit in you. You will live. I will set in you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. Is that the end of it? Listen to this. In the very heart of God, for men, is revival. A true revival, an awakening. This desire constitutes the very heartbeat of God. Just as he wants no one to perish in their sinful state, so he does not want the people to be. Listen to this. He does not want his army, his people, to be a lifeless, useless collection of dry bones this is a revival listen to this 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 is the church this is our realities in our lives in our families in the church in the kingdom what does the church sometimes is compared to in the new testament an army right listen to this this is a revival preceded 
by a desperate condition, prompted by divine prophecy, and it produces a dynamic army. Okay? Guess what? We're in a desperate state. We, we, we are looking at a dead thing. This is good news. Guess what? Because God uses that desperate condition and uses prophecy to awaken, to produce a vast dynamic thing. Church, this is the very essence of hope. Something that was dead to you. God will quicken and awaken. And it will produce something greater than it was before. The prophecy fell on dry bones first. No one is listening. But guess what? God's spirit does its thing with our fallen nature. Our dead graves. Our dark and deep secrets. Our doubts. There's always places in us as people and as a church and as a country and as a continent and as a planet that are dark and kept away because it's too painful to even look at that dead thing. But you came here today to listen to this. That dead thing is no match for God's prophesying power. No match. I am telling you right now, I have seen marriages come back to life. I have seen, I have seen addiction come back to life. Nothing is impossible. This is Bible. Nothing is impossible to God. Prophecy prompts spiritual awakening and a dynamic purpose is brought forward. See, prophecy doesn't have to be weird. If, you've met, if you met Ezekiel, you probably judge him and, and said he's weird. He was probably really weird. Prophetic people are kind of odd. They are a very interesting breed. But see, a church can enter into a prophetic moment in its history. And I believe the Houston Vineyard is going to enter into its prophetic moment. And a dynamic purpose will be brought forward. And this is not something that Josh and I or Megan or Jessica is going to do. This is something Holy Spirit's going to do. In the midst of calamity, the spirit is there. In the midst of transformation, the spirit is also there. There is hope in where you are going. God is interested in repentance and soft hearts and transformed lives. We don't like that word repentance. Oh, that's a religious word. That's... No, it's not a religious word. It just means what was, you turn away and something new takes its place. When Janice spoke in Mother's Day, she said something that I've been thinking about for weeks. She said she's walked through people through the four Ds. I'm going to 
piggyback on, on you, if that's okay. And she spoke on these four Ds that I think are the current, if, if the church and the people within this church, not the Houston Vineyard, but the church, Christ Church, are dealing with calamity, it looks like these four Ds. Divorce, disease, disaster, death. Divorce, disease, disaster, death. Any of these things enter your life, it's a moment of calamity. And I am here to tell you today that if you're going through these four Ds, it's not over for you. It's not over for you. God's Holy Spirit can look at that calamity straight in the eye and tell you look at your life look at your life and prophesy my word upon it you can even take these things that God himself spoke I will cause breath to enter you I will cover you I will put breath in you I will open up your grave and make life again. I'm going to ask Carla to come up. Last time that um, the worship team was playing, Carla and Stephanie were up here. And somebody here had a word. And these are two people. Carla. That's Carla. And Stephanie, he was here too. And she's. They're both, they're both pregnant, and they were both leading worship. And as we were leading worship, somebody here got a prophetic word for the Houston Vineyard that as these women are about to give birth, so is this church ready to give birth to something. You will start to see it. You will start to see it. Not only in the physical. We're going to get screens. We're going to get new stage. We're going to get... Beautiful things to come in here. But that's the least important. That's the least important. No. People coming through these doors will get new life breathed into them. People coming through these doors will experience repentance and forgiveness. People coming through these doors will come face to face with their Savior telling them, You are loved. No matter what you've done, you are forgiven. People already here through years will finally look at their marriage and look at their lives and say to these dry bones, live in the name of Jesus. And all of these things, this prophetic moment that this church is about to enter upon, it's not weird. It's not anything spectacular. It's what God himself designed for his church. And you and I have the privilege of riding along for the ride. You and I have the privilege of looking at each other here at the end of COVID. Looking at each other if we're masked, if we're not masked. And saying to each other, you are loved. I love you. Can I pray for you? There's a lot of empty seats. It's a holiday weekend. 
you know what, that's the least important. Because what he's going to do, he's going to do it not through my industry, but through his spirit. And I can look at these feet and prophesy that people will occupy them and have an encounter with God himself. We as a country, as a people, as a family, are not to be a lifeless, useless collection of dry bones and old offenses. Church, are you not tired of being offended? I'm tired of being offended. Somebody gonna say something, I'm gonna say something that you will not like. Move on. Rach, you're gonna say something I'm not gonna like. I still love you, man. Somebody gonna come up here and tell me one day something I will boil, make my blood boil. Guess what I have to do? I have to go to God and find peace and love that person. What did God himself tell the people? You will know them by the love they have for each other. Oh no, but, but I'm, I, I'm, I grew up Methodist, I grew up Baptist, I'm this, I'm that. God does not care what denomination you belong to. He cares about whether your bones are dry or alive. That's all he cares about. There are weightier things than what denomination you belong to. And that weighty thing, that's his spirit. And may you, church, come alive in his spirit. In the name of Jesus. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to come to our feet. And we're going to respond. This is a message that beckons a response. So we're going to come up to our feet. And we're going to respond with this closing song as a prayer. As a prophecy to yourself, to your life. To this church. You're going to look at your life. You're going to look at where, you're, at where God has placed you. God has placed you here. Be fruitful here. God has placed you in that marriage. Speak to it in prophecy. If it's dead, may God give you the eyes to see it come alive. And let's close in that prayer moment. Then I'll come back up. And close us out. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God, fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we As we repent and turn from sin, revival embers smoldering, breath of God, fan us into flame. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour For hearts that burn with 
let all the redeemed and if you feel like you're not redeemed and you feel dead inside this is your day to come alive if you have never said yes to God in an honest way if you have never said I am I, I need help I, I, I cannot save myself online if you're watching if that's you just pray with me in faith and say, Lord, come inside of me. Jesus, make your home in me. 
Forgive me for my sins. Give me your spirit. And just say, amen. And I pray this prayer that God's Holy Spirit will breathe his breath on you and make you come alive. And this morning, church, if you're going through calamity, online, if you're going through calamity, may God's breath of life come upon you and make that dead thing come alive again. If your feet, your eyes, your back are in pain, if you're overwhelmed with stress, we want to pray for you today. So after, right after I close, if that's you and if you're going through any of the four Ds and calamity and disaster, I want you to go find somebody to pray with. There's a refreshing water flowing down. And God has a specific gift for each one. God is birthing new things. Listen to this. Labor is painful, but joy and new life follow. Dealing with dry bones is painful and scary. But man, you have to go through that valley of death to come to the mountaintop. And that's how it is. Don't hide from your problem anymore. Don't minimize it. Bring it to the surface and prophesy life onto that very thing. Pastor Josh is pastoring our kids. So I am going to bless you today by myself. I always need him for this part. But it's not my thing. It's not his thing. It's Holy Spirit's thing. So may God bless you and keep you today. Lord, may you make your face shine upon us and give us your peace. And I forgot the rest. But God bless you. God bless you. And come alive. Come alive. Is there breath in there? So you're not as bad as you thought you were. Come alive. Let's finish with a song. And if you need prayer, come get prayer and go pick up your kids. God bless you. Have a great week of worship. Happy Memorial Day. And we'll see you here next Sunday.